Are all the Zane lookalikes now out of a job? Answer me this, answer me this. You said you'd get me a steak, can I punch you in the gob? Answer me this, answer me this. We've had some very exciting news at Answer Me This. I say we, it's mainly exciting for Ollie, but it's exciting for me because uh, I'm not looking at him looking like a miserable dead man for once. It's exciting for the whole of Britain, Helen. Yes. uh, That I have been relieved of my duties on the overnight show on LBC, the radio station I work for. Relieved of your duties makes it sound like you've been fired. Yeah, whereas in fact I've been, well, some people would call a weekend show a sideways move. I'm very much considering it a promotion (laughs) um, because I don't have to stay up all night. Yay! And you don't have to go out on the weekend either. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I've got an excuse to get out of parties. Yay! Uh, and I have some more free time. So yes, I'm now uh, going to be on at the weekend on Friday nights from 8 till 10pm and Saturday nights from 6.30 till 10pm. Which is marvellous news because uh, it seemed like working in the middle of the night is quite a hard gig. Slowly destroying me from the inside. Not that slowly. Yeah, it was. was. (laughs) You you were very far from your happy-go-lucky normal self. And you remarked, I can't judge this, but you remarked, Helen, that I've already... I mean, this news only broke on Friday. You're practically bouncing off the walls. I have already returned in my tiggerish state hello birds hello trees hello sky it was i mean today was the first day that i actually got up and saw the daylight and Mm. i I was like nosferatu basically (laughs) i'm enjoying it it feels like spring i'm very relieved for you and the listeners should be relieved too because now you can listen to my lbc show even if you're not an insomniac or a weirdo absolutely if you're just the kind of normal person that doesn't like to go out on friday or saturday nights at 8 p.m on a friday yes and uh, not watching something on telly yeah but i think a lot of listeners would have the following question ollie answer me this is answer me this going to go back to being weekly fuck no no and we're strongly agreed on that yeah listeners let me lay down some truths as wonderful as making this show is and uh, it's an absolute joy to have you listen to it when we were doing it weekly it was pretty much destroying my life in a financial way as well as partially a spiritual way we spend three days a week making each episode and when you're doing that i didn't have enough time to find work and do the work in order to have enough money to live it's not just that it's also uh, a lot of this show <laughs> relies on our rapport Yes, and, and having the, things to say to each other. Yes, and when we were seeing each other every fucking day and uh-huh. being forced to see each other every week, it was just uh, harder, wasn't it? This is easier, it's easier. It's, it's, We've almost become real friends again, listeners. We wouldn't want to destroy that. We wouldn't that. go that far. No. <laughs> but, I, but I take a passing interest in what you're up to. Well, we have more things to say to each other because uh, two weeks have passed uh, yeah. for us to collect things to say. So anyway, I'm very happy to have uh, the normal lolly man back. Thank you. And uh, I hope that uh, Coco and your girlfriend are happy to have you back too. For different reasons, yes. And Ollie, this is Kiki the Bill, driving home from a gig. Um, and I was just in a house that had a bowling alley in the bottom part, basement, whatever you want to call it, and a bar. But it had a bowling alley. Helen and Ollie, answer me this how much would it cost me for a bowling alley in my house? It's interesting how more excited she is about the concepts of the bowling alley rather than the bar, because the bar is, <laughs> is more common, but actually, I think. A bowling alley in your house. Bowling is something you can play alone. Yes, that is true. Drinking alone, just depressing. Don't need special <laughs> equipment to drink alone. A bar doesn't need to be there, does it, to facilitate your drinking? Maybe it legitimises it. I think a bar only comes into its own at a party, whereas a yeah. bowling alley, people say that about bowling alleys, but actually, as I say, a solo game of bowls yeah, but improve your skills. Let's, let's face it, how often are you going to use your in-house bowling alley Really? Isn't it quite noisy? Wouldn't it be pretty noisy? Well, you've you've touched upon one of the many issues when you're pricing up what this costs, actually. Why would it be noisy? The kind of... The clanging, the banging... Well, there's a lot of energy there when you're throwing a huge bowling ball onto this wooden surface. It just clack, clack. Yeah, but if you had it in the basement, then it's not 
coming through your ceilings, is it? Well, yes, but it might be coming into next door's basement, for example. If you live in a posh area of Chelsea or something and someone else has got their uh, sitting room in the basement, that's going to cause an issue with the neighbours, isn't it? So soundproofing Mm -hmm. is one of the things people need to think about. Uh, Also, just the sheer length of the thing. I know you can get ones that are smaller and that are designed for residences. But yeah, if you're going to have a bowling alley in your home, it's a bit like people who have screening rooms in their home. Well, and it's just like a big television with two armchairs. Exactly. That's, I mean, if you're going to do that... That's fine for me. No, I disagree. I think if you're building a screening room in your house, make a theatre there. Not a big one, but make seats for so that you can have 15 people to come around. Put in a popcorn machine. Yeah, exactly. Like with bowling, you have to change your shoes to someone else's sweaty shoes, just on principle. <laughs> How long is a full-size bowling lane? 100 foot of open length oh, is what's necessary. Feet. Yeah, and you also need 10 foot clearance up ahead as well. Okay, but if you are the kind of person that can afford to have a bowling alley in your basement, then it's possible that you have 100 foot of basement, maybe? Yes, quite possibly, but it still, of course, is going to change the price whether you are excavating an extant site or whether you are creating a new building home a yep. lot easier if you're creating a new built oh, home to put course. a bowling alley in there you could you could have one running through the basements of all the adjoining houses and you, sh- you shared it <laughs> that would that's be a, amazing that's a really nice idea actually great yeah. idea terraced home bowling yeah you know actually if you all pitched in together on the street you know maybe everyone in the street could afford it well that's like milton's music hall in london isn't it that used to be a, a load of terraced houses some guy just knocked it through and made this amazing theater really? yeah, but not whilst people were actually still living in it though uh, but anyway the, the the straightforward answer to the question is around 200 grand in pounds. In pounds. Mm-hmm. But of course that's an estimate because it depends what trimmings you're getting. Uh, if you're going for, for example, personalised pins, uh, if you're going <laughs> for the state-of-the-art brand new equipment, yeah. that's more expensive. But actually, you might think, well, why would any Playboy not want the personalised pins and the state-of-the-art equipment? Yeah. Answer is vintage. Very in at the moment. Yes. So you might choose a retrofitted 1950s recycled bowling alley, which is actually cheaper. Or an 80s one with that kind of pixelated animation when it does your scores on the screen. Yeah. That 200 grand... Does that include a lot of building work or is that if you have the ideal space already, that is how much it costs to get a bowling lane put in and the grabber thing? I'm I'm building the average cost from having looked okay. on various websites, converted from dollars to pounds and seen the yep. kinds of costs they quote depending on the style of bowling lane. I don't even know how much a bowling ball is. Well, this is it. So once you've got the lane, you need, as you say, the shoes, you yes. need the balls. Of course, you need the machine. Yep. But then there's things like lane wax. Stuff that you just wouldn't even think about. (laughs) The lane wax, Um, but you need lane. I think it's called lane oil. Actually, they call it in the states. But anyway, you need that applied quite regularly, like twice a day on a on a a bowling alley that's used regularly. So if you you only use it once a week, that's still. You still, you probably need a professional to come and maintain it. It's like having a fish tank. You could wear those duster shoes and douse them in bowling lane oil and just skate around. So it'd be like having your own little ice rink as well. <laughs> well, anyway, Kiki, let us know if you choose to install one. Send us some pictures. She didn't sound to me like she was really going to do it. I think she's hoping we would say, oh, you can get them for 40 quid from Argos. No, I think what she was doing is, is she was boasting to us, really, that she has been invited to a sort of plush house and then she wanted to know for sure... What kind of money does this guy have? All right. You Unless know. you move in and it's already there. Well, and, and that actually is probably a great way to get a cut price bowling alley, isn't it? Yeah. If you can afford, like on Millionaire's Row, one of those houses that's been completely done up and then actually, for whatever reason, people don't want to live there, the house values go down yeah. or whatever, the mortgage collapses, their company goes bankrupt, and you can just buy it, including the bowling alley, might be a great, great solution. Well, it's probably just cheaper to pay however many pounds it is to go and do an evening of bowling every two years, which is about as often as you'll probably actually use it. Here is a question from Paul, who is 35 and from Manchester. Paul says, Ollie, answer me this. Which came first, the 1982 Gregory Isaacs classic lover's rock song or the GSK cold and flu medicine? I need to know. He's talking about Night Nurse. Night Nurse. Nurse. Duh, 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 duh. 
you're minus and you come at night. Doobie doo doo. Is that how it goes? No, but it's basically oh, that, okay. isn't it? I, the version that I'm seeing really is the Simply Red cover from the 90s because that got um, a lot of airplay when we were kids. Oh, terrible, wasn't it? Wasn't it awful growing up in the age of Simply Red? Any covers of reggae are terrible. Like Red yeah. Red Wine is another one. My God, every time I hear that song, I feel physically sick. I mean, apart from obviously the bit where he goes, oh, red, red, why do you make me feel so fine? That's good. How, I don't remember that bit. How, yeah. how can you say that um, Sugg's cover of Cecilia with Lucha Lua and Michi One is inferior? <laughs> that's, that's, much, that's better yeah. than the original. No, it's a good point. Anyway, hmm. um, yes, Night Nurse the Song was from 1982. Night Nurse the Medicine, I suspect, is from a similar era. Oh, really? Um, but it is almost impossible to find a date for it. Well, by, oh. by almost, what I mean is I've spent half an hour power Googling. Half I can't find out. Oh, um, no. No, I can't find anywhere the year that Night Nurse first hit the shelves. And uh, GlaxoSmithKline haven't got a Night Nurse museum yet. Not yet. Uh, so uh, I can't actually answer which was first, but the crucial Just issue, things. I think, is that both the song and the medicine were named after an extant term. So it sort of doesn't really yeah. matter which came first. Right. It's not as if the medicine was a tribute to the song or the song a tribute to the medicine. Did they use the song on adverts for the medicine? No, because that would be implicitly suggesting that taking the GlaxoSmithKline uh, essentially harmless blend of paracetamol, antihistamine and cough suppressant was in some way analogous to taking... People suggested the song was about marijuana because Gregory Isaacs mm. was a Rastafarian, but he did die from complications from crack cocaine. So uh. in either case, it's not really... You know, as a drugs company, you wouldn't really want to make that link with your product. Uh, so he was singing about a very different kind of medicine. Mm. Um, it's not a drug, it's a pharmaceutical, Ollie. <laughs> exactly. Whereas the pharma company, uh, I think, weren't for that reason referring to his song if uh, they did come afterwards uh, they were referring to the extant term night nurse uh, which basically means someone to help you get through the night as an actual person to get you through the night and there was a film called night nurse quite a high profile film in the 1930s i think so you know it's something from popular imagination there were songs called night nurse uh, like sort of twee ones from the 50s before gregory isaacs came along and reggae it up okay yeah i think there's a, a link that goes back as far as florence nightingale Quite possibly, yeah. Maybe, maybe land. that's what Gregory Isaacs was actually singing about. Here is a question from an anonymous man who says, whilst browsing the web for various images, <laughs> <laughs> oh really? I stumbled across two pictures. Two pictures of a man sporting an impressive erection. That's right. Stumbled across, tripped, fell, landed on his dick. It's quite extraordinary. I only to stumble across two of those. Mm, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I've been trying. <laughs> Upon looking at his face, a sudden shiver went down my spine, and not in a good way. Not your type. I am a hundred percent sure that the man in the pictures is the boyfriend of a friend of mine. Oh, okay. I have no idea if she is aware of the images or when they were taken, but they look professional. Well, well, they look professional. I think that is hard to tell these days. Because oh, because you can do some very good things at home with that's right. filters. Listen, I mean, we're not professional. Listen to this. Have you seen uh, the Tumblr Critique My Dick Pic? That's very educational. It's the correct composition of dick pics. I, I strongly recommend It's humorous now and very body positive. It's definitely mildly NSFW. Depending on where you work. Ollie, answer me this. Should I tell my friend about the pictures? Why would you do that? If it turns out not to be her boyfriend, it's embarrassing. But if it does and she doesn't know, I don't know what might happen. They've been together for a good few years and I don't want to ruin anything. Yeah, well, keep your mouth shut then. She might have taken the pictures. Exactly. This reminded me a little bit of that question we had a few weeks ago where someone had uh, stumbled upon his colleague on Tinder mm. and uh, was wondering whether to confront her about yeah, this because she's like in that. a relationship. It's not necessarily the case that these things are without the uh, current partner's acquiescence. Exactly. It's not your role, Sherlock. That said, uh, there is this thing now where people Snapchat each other or, you know, do Google Hangouts where they do a bit of willy 
hangout and someone ups- unscrupulous either hacks that information or the mm. person you're conversing with takes a screen grab mm. and that ends up on porn sites so in a way you could be doing a public service by pointing it out because i suppose he could get in touch and say to the person who's running the tumblr you were looking at can you please take this away uh, if he didn't know it was up there if he didn't actually agree for that to be transmitted uh, but then on the other hand that would be talking to him not talking to her i don't see what is to be gained by talking to her but also, as you point out, anonymous man, you don't know when they were taken. Yeah. As long as he's legal in them, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that's basically right. Also, it could be embarrassing for him, even if she does know about it, because, you know, when people do porn when they're younger, if they were taken mm. a few years ago, especially in an era before kind of smartphones and tablets, people kind of thought, well, I'll do it for this professional porn site. No one will, or even porn mag if it's that old, <laughs> uh, no one will look at it unless they're paying for it. Mm. And especially if he's a man, it was probably for a gay site. If he's straight, he probably thought, well, none of my girlfriends are ever going to see this. So it is, you know, quite embarrassing that it's still on the internet. And or that, not embarrassing. Or not, but it could be. You know, I, I know a guy who, um, as a favour for a friend of his, uh, had a headshot done mm-hmm. uh, for a stock photo agency. He's quite a good looking guy. Uh, and it was just his face and he was just smiling. And the other day it was on Facebook. Someone had actually screen grabbed a picture of it because it was in a leaflet in the doctor's surgery wow. they were waiting in. A proper Joey Tribbiani face of VD situation. But happening in real life. Yes. Uh, and it was, someone said, is this you advertising bleeding gums disease? <laughs> and he had to say, uh, yeah, that's me 10 years ago. I did a stock photo and I don't have any control over where it goes. And about 500 people liked the photo. That's and he really was humiliated hilarious. all over again. But that was for bleeding gums. If it was him with his dick out, advertising bleeding gums yeah. and it would be very embarrassing <laughs> I think the case would be a bit different if it didn't look like these photos were taken with his knowledge or consent but if they are professional and he looks like he's fully aware of the process mm. then I think you, you kind of have to leave it up to him as a consenting adult or you could just save it as your screensaver and leave it lying around and see if she notices yeah, good point yeah we'll make her a birthday card for the one <laughs> <laughs> get him one of those uh, Apple calendars yeah, yeah just say to her look I, I saw these online and I thought they looked a lot like your boyfriend's yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'd photoshop a little bunch of blades onto the end of his penis. If you've got a question, email it in. To Martin the Soundman, Holly and Helen. Answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. Answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. Here's a question from Simon in Bolton, who says, Jim Parsons of Big Bang Theory fame recently received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Not that Jim Parsons doesn't deserve recognition for his work in television, stage and film, but I had always thought the stars were for megastars and or served as a Lifetime Achievement Award. Parsons is still a pretty young actor, so his best work may well be yet to come. Indeed, yeah. Is this is this an official representative of Jim Parsons? On this the is line? Jim Parsons. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me I'm not over. <laughs> exactly. Simon has a galaxy of questions about the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The mm. first of which is, Ollie, answer me this. Who decides who gets a star on the Walk of Fame? There is a selection committee. Yeah, but it's all like publicists, isn't it? It's top l- secret. Yeah, but there are a lot of people whose work doesn't really deserve one but money has been thrown at the exercise. Well, come on. Okay. The way it works on the surface is that you have to suggest, and by you, I literally mean you. If you want to nominate someone to have a Hollywood Walk of Fame star, you can. Fans can. Anyone can. Oh my God. Now I know what I'm getting in for your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) But it has to be someone who demonstrably has worked in film. I think it's film, theatre, TV, or performance. 
and they introduced the category of performance to allow um, for like circus acts and stuff like mm. that. It can include fictional characters. Mickey Mouse has a star. No. Tinkerbell has a star. Um, but uh, they've stretched it to include uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, because mm-hmm. he counted as performance for boxing. So, you know. What are they saying about the uh, purity of boxing as a competitive sport? Yeah, I, it's a bit elastic, basically. But if someone's famous enough, then you can put them forward in one of those categories. Mm-hmm. There isn't one for podcasting, so no point nominating ah. us. It's performance. Yeah, sort of. What about our Visit Britain videos on YouTube? <laughs> so, anyway, they have to have basically worked in the Hollywood entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Then you put them forward for a star. Mm-hmm. Um, they get 200 applicants per year, the selection committee. It's not on that average. many. Not that many, because I imagine it's quite a laborious process, actually, filling in the form and saying why someone should be nominated even if uh the nominees are chosen by the selection committee as one of the roughly 24 stars a year that they give out so you've got over 10 percent chance of getting one and one posthumously as well so they give a star every year to one person who's dead and usually about 23 people who are still alive um so once they've approved the nominations chosen their final list then it needs to be approved by their management now that is where mm-hmm. we get into the scenario of you saying it's all a bit of an inside job. Um, there is a consultation process going on with the management. The management don't want it; they don't do it because you have to turn up for the unveiling of your own star on the Walk of Fame. So, what do you do if you're dead? Well, obviously, they sprinkle your ashes on it. If you're dead, then they bring your kids along or whatever. Right. Um, but that's why they don't have too many for dead people. If you're alive, you've got five years from the time at which they've given you the nomination and approved it mm. to turn up and have a ceremony. The ceremony costs you. $30,000. Oh, okay. Mm. So why would you nominate yourself, then have your management going, well, I'm not sure they want to do it, if you weren't already prepared for the $30,000 cost? Yeah, well... And to have it. Presumably be- you want it if you've applied for it. Well, you've, you've put your finger on it. Answer, because you're so famous. So if you're hugely famous, if you're Clint Eastwood, mm. who is someone who still doesn't have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, oh, right. someone is going to walk down every day and say, where's Clint Eastwood's star? Mm. Let's nominate Clint Eastwood. And every year, the nomination comes in. He's like, I don't fucking want to start. <laughs> so he says no, and therefore, it never happens. Um, so that's the thing that's going on. So there are 24 new stars a year. On average, there's not... I don't think there's an upper limit, but on yeah. average, it's 24 a year. When yeah. did they, do you know when they started doing them? I do. They started in 1956. Uh, the first eight stars mm-hmm. uh, were unveiled to Olive Borden... Richard, Love her work. <laughs> Ronald Coleman, Louise Fazenden, Contender, Preston Foster, Burt Lancaster, heard of him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? Edward Sedgwick, mm-hmm. Ernest Torrance. And I have heard of Ernest Torrance, oh, okay. but I don't know why. So half a recognition point there, probably involved in some sort of sex scandal, and, jo- <laughs> and Joanne Woodward. Okay. And the original committee included Samuel Goldwyn, Walt Disney, Cecil B. DeMille. They should have just given each other an award. <laughs> Someone people had heard of at the time, but wasn't included, Charlie Chaplin. Has he got one now? He's got one now, but in 1959, his son, Charlie Chaplin Jr., actually sued the selection committee because it was so obvious and an omission that his, his father should have been included. Now, I know that actually you look at it now and factually... Yeah, because we've only heard of Burt Lancaster. We would have heard of Charlie Chaplin. They were probably right that Chaplin should have been there. Was he a bit out of favour in the 50s? He was a lefty. Yeah, he was a communist, wasn't he? Yeah, you wouldn't get the likes of Goldwyn and Disney thinking, hey, that that Chaplin fella, he's a good guy. High McCarthyism as well. But also, how did his work go after the introduction of talking films? Oh, I think people still admired his craft, didn't they? Yeah, but presumably he wasn't getting as many Yeah, yeah, roles. sure. I mean, of course. But it, And you're right, there's always an element of recognising the people who are currently commercial, yeah. and I guess that brings us back to Jim Parsons in Big Bang Theory, doesn't it's a, it? It's an extremely popular sitcom. Yeah. You know, it is important that they recognise things that are popular as well as things that are critically acclaimed. It's the same argument with the Oscars, isn't it? 
you know, no one's actually saying Big Bang Theory is necessarily going to be remembered in 50 years' time, but what mm. they are saying is right now on the planet of things that are made in Hollywood, that's probably one of the most popular things. So, yeah. you know, that's what they're recognising. It is a business, business. Town, you see, it's it? business. Like yeah. I was saying, it's a commercial thing. But Chaplin didn't get one until 1972. 24 a year for nearly 60 years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. It is. Can't do the maths right now. It's over 2,000. That's a very long stretch. And Simon says, Oli Antmias, are they all in a row? And if so, where do they stretch to and from? Uh, well, it's Hollywood and Vine is the address, isn't it, famously? And that's it's on Hollywood and Vine, both roads. It's a sidewalk and it's a bloody long road. It's yeah. a really long road. They go in for long roads Long there. roads. Why it, bend if you don't have to? Yeah, it, pro- it probably comes out somewhere in Mexico. So I don't think they're going <laughs> to run out of space if that's what you're worried about. I've got a star, but it's the other side of the Sierra Nevada. <laughs> exactly. And they've doubled up. So there's, if you've ever been there, and I have, you've got, you've got stars going so that as you walk along, they're facing you. Uh, with their names top to bottom but then adjacent to that there are another set of stars going bottom to top so that if you walk right. in the other direction you could read those so you have to do one up and one down yeah well you don't have to because you'd well, be mad you want, to spend the whole day walking up and down the road looking at the pavement but if you're yeah. very vigilant tourist very committed to it yeah so and they're not going to run out of space and there are more than 2,000 of them Sophia Loren was the 2,000th in 1994 okay wow. so there are loads since then because now they seem to have ceremonies all the time they have two a month yeah two a hence month. 24 a year yeah, yeah. on average yeah um, mm. which is pretty good money isn't it 60 grand a month which goes towards preserving the street oh is that what happens with the money yeah well just uh, like filling potholes and stuff well, well it, it goes towards uh, keeping the area part of historic Hollywood which mm-hmm. is important because it was a right old shit hole in the 80s yeah uh, it's got better sittings because they've started having the oscars there again haven't they and they've done up the area a bit and i think in the 70s and 80s there was a feeling that hollywood was wasn't old hollywood cool it was just old was there any reason why they started i think the original idea was to preserve the area and mark it as a tourist destination ah. um because right from the beginning you could always kind of um if not go on tours of the studios uh you, there was always a tourist element to come to hollywood is where the stars make the films and, and they, then you can see some literal stars. The, yeah. You can walk on the stars. It's a way of encouraging tourism to California. And, uh, well, it worked because millions of people go to it still every year, even though it's basically a street. Um, mm. But uh, the original idea was said to come from the ceiling of the restaurant in the Hollywood Hotel, oh. uh, which had, just as a decorative gimmick, had stars on the roof with the names of stars in the stars, which was probably their attempt to try and get those stars to go to the restaurant. Right. It's a shame they didn't uh, use as inspiration the Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo, which has got, like, terrifying doll and lots of pink bows and flowers and stuff on the ceiling. Yeah. I don't think that would have taken off as an international destination. Different, though. just very different. different. But a cost of only $1.25 million to build originally. I know in the 50s that was a lot more money. Pavement. But yeah, to, to commission the idea of a pavement, a row of stars. Seems like a lot. Yeah, but you've For got a pavement. Yeah, but you've got architects designing it. You've got to make sure people can walk over them, that they're robust, that the materials work, that the committees yeah. are established, you know, that people have got their back hand and the mafia are taken care of. Uh, I think right. 1.25 million. For what it's generated, it's pretty good. I bet they've got a good proofreader as well. <laughs> well, you say that, although they have had some spelling errors. Oh, really? I think Dick Van Dyke, rather embarrassingly. Uh, not Dick Van Dick, uh, but uh, he, he was... Penis Van Dyke. <laughs> I think it was Dick V-A-N-N or something that they put originally okay. and they had to, had to change it. That's not as good as the typo that was on my grandmother's gravestone. It's not. Have you shared that with the listeners before? I re- I'm not sure I have. It's worth saying again, even if you have. There was a typo on my grandmother's gravestone. It said um, something like, remembered with fondness by her family and friends, but that takes a very different gloss when you leave the R out of friends. Family and fiends. Which is what the stonemason did. Amazing. Amazing bit of trolling. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and it was almost acceptable to be funny because she was so old when she died. Which was yeah, she, was ni- she was 99. 99, Just yeah. short of the ton. I mean, she'd be laughing if she knew that the gravestone said that. Or I would don't she? Know. She was I don't quite know. serious, was yeah, she? Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. 
sure she's that no. kind of sense of humour, but I, I certainly thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. I, I'd almost request it, now I know about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any any other thing would have just looked like a little blooper, whereas that looked <laughs> deliberate. They thought my parents had done it deliberately. It's the last act of defiance. Um, anyway, Simon has another very good question, I think. He says, Ollie, answer me this. Do they ever retire them? For example, if a star becomes disgraced for some reason? Not to my knowledge. People do deface them quite regularly. So Bill Cosby was the most recent. Of course. Uh, so yeah. Bill Cosby's star was defaced in December. Someone actually wrote rapist on his star. Mm. Uh, but it was cleaned up and... Uh, That's pretty direct, isn't it? It's still there. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's easier to clean it up than to put a little asterisk going, allegedly. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's probably easier to just clean it. You know, they had to get rid of um, Nick Drake's gravestone because people were vandalising it by trying to steal bits of it to take home, like chipping off bits of gravestone. So now he doesn't have one. That's a shame. That is a shame. I Although, thought. I mean, I'm not bothered. You can do what you like to my gravestone. Yeah, you won't. You won't be there to see it. But I think his family minded. Yeah, I guess my family would be. Yeah, don't do what you like to my gravestone because my family would be upset if you're listening in 70 years' time. But if you piss on it, it'll help the is. flowers grow. Yeah, I guess. Well, you touched on uh, Simon's next question earlier, um, but he says, "Ollie, answer me this: Has anyone ever refused to have a star?" Julia Roberts has been nominated multiple times and said no every time. Why? I wonder. Uh, the sort of tabloid presentation of it is she doesn't like the idea of people walking over her. Huh. Uh, but I think really she just can't be asked to go to the ceremony and doesn't want to. Yeah. It's a bit naff, isn't she, it? She lives in New Mexico. It's a bit of a hassle. And then you get some people who say yes, but then they don't turn up within the five-year period they have from saying yes to actually pay their $30,000 and do the ceremony. That's like me with my free masters from Oxford. But some of them have good reasons. John Denver died uh, before yeah. he turned up for his. I think as so often in Hollywood, the example to turn to for a real laugh is Barbara Streisand, who said yes, mm-hmm. said she'd turn up to the event and then just didn't bother. So she has a star, <laughs> but she couldn't be asked to go to her own star ceremony. So I wonder what they did when they were like, Streisand's not here, but we need someone doing the ceremony. Let's get Leah Michelle on or someone. Any drag queen on the Walk of Fame, actually, who's hustling there could do a, um, do a passable Streisand. I think Bette Midler could do a passable Streisand. The best thing is when people leave their floral tributes to the wrong star, um, <laughs> because there are two Michael Jacksons, for example, uh, one of whom is still alive and is a radio host. <laughs> and uh, there are a lot of uh, cards and teddy bears left on his uh, star when he was still alive mm. uh, and there are also two Harrison Fords as well no. yeah Wow. What does the other Harrison Ford do? The other one is dead. The other one is a silent movie star that everyone's forgotten about. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, if you're a fan of Indiana Jones, make sure that you're taking your picture at the right Harrison Ford. So does it have, like, a, a birth date or something on it so you no. can narrow it down? No, it just says the name. Originally, the plan was to put a little caricature in the that's, star design. Mm. That's a good idea in a way, but then caricatures date ever so quickly. Would have dated so quickly. No one mm. would be able to recognise who it was unless it was Chaplin. You'd get his caricature, wouldn't you? Should but, have got Helen Daniels to do portraits of them all. How have you managed <laughs> to get a neighbour's reference into this conversation about you the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Because they should all be on there. If Carl and Susan aren't on there, the whole thing is a sham. You deserve a star for your uh, contribution to entertainment for yeah. doing that. Ladies and gentlemen, we proudly present the intermission brought to you today by episode 56, available now at AnswerMeThisStore.com. What is it exactly that meat won't do for love? Oh, that old chestnut. In the lyrics of the song, um, I think it's made fairly clear that it's cheating that he won't do. um, Because the lady says, will you say that it's time to move on? Sooner or later you'll be screwing around. And he says, no, I won't do that. It's quite specific. She just sort of goes, will you stick me in my visitor's hole? And he goes, no, I I won't. (laughs) Will you pick your clothes up off the floor before bed? (laughs) (laughs) I learnt an interesting fact 
factoid about what meat won't to do oh, for love, given that he seems to be so uh, amenable to most suggestions. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I read that in his cameo in the film Spice World, Meatloaf is asked to fix a toilet for the Spice Girls. He declines, saying that he would do anything for them, but he, but won't, he won't do that. do that. Very good. Yes, that was a funny meat. moment. <laughs> but then I heard this crackpot theory from your flatmate, Matthew Crosby, who says that in the song, right, he says, I'll never forget the way I feel right now. Oh, no. No way. And that's what he won't do. But then there's Forget the-, the moment of how he feels. It's obviously not about that, isn't it? You wouldn't sing about that for seven and a half minutes. Don't be shy, listeners. Please do call in with your questions. You can dial the following number. Oh two oh eight one two three five eight double seven. Or you can Skype answer me this. And let's hear who's been in touch. Hi, this is Pierre living in London. I was just on an overground train and... When we stopped at Whitechapel, they said, I'll here for the Royal London Hospital. Helen and Ollie, answer me this. Firstly, who of all the people that need to get treatment at a hospital takes the overground? And secondly, how do they decide what to include in the little announcement that the voice makes? I'm perplexed. I would go to hospital on the overground. I went to, for surgery on public transport. You're not allowed to go home from surgery on public transport. Mm. But also you can go to hospital on public transport for lots of reasons. To work there, for a test, for a visit or something like that. Yes, to visit a friend. And of course, I mean, the announcements, what we were talking about here is when you were on trains, public transport buses as well now. The next station is Whitechapel. Please alight here for the Royal London Hospital. I go through Whitechapel quite a lot, so I understand what Pierre's talking no, that's about. pretty good, and you're fishing for voiceover work expertly there, I thought. I, I can say all of the words as if they have been spliced together. <laughs> Wouldn't that be brilliant if in the voiceover session they actually had to do it in that style, <laughs> right from the beginning? Can you do it again, but a bit more stilted? There has been a spillage on Platform 5. Um, <laughs> the point is um, that the, the announcements, uh, they are there primarily for visually impaired people. Oh, that, that's why okay. we get them, right? But now, also often there isn't something that you can see you might not be able to see the signage easily at various station to station so everyone can benefit with oh, people with hearing yeah sometimes it's worth reminding you as well so there seems a variety of categories as to why this would happen but it seems that when a station has got a completely different name to what it really is mm. so like north greenwich a light here for the o2 yeah you wouldn't put those two things together if you were a tourist would yeah. you but the point is if you're visually impaired the most important place that you might need to get to is a hospital yeah. Uh, yeah, Moorfields Eye Hospital gets its own announcement. Old Street, I and noticed. That, yeah. that is difficult because there are like eight different exits from Old Street as well. Yeah, but they I don't mean, tell you which exit, do they? I, I think that is a good piece of demographic targeting. You know, yes. I'm imagining blind person on the train needs the hospital. They thought about it. Well, there's, there's an announcement for the uh, RNIB at King's Cross as well, isn't there? Is there? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think it's probably quite easy for them to deduce what they need to announce as well because if you've got a bunch of people going up to staff at Whitechapel going, is this the right place for the Royal London Hospital? Yeah. Then it's probably worth putting on the announcement, isn't it? I think it's all also reasonable to assume that it's very often the case that if you're going to a hospital it's not in an area you're familiar with although uh, one of the only reasons that people visit my childhood hometown of stanmore is to visit the royal national orthopedic hospital <laughs> it's um, great there <laughs> <laughs> they love to see some fallen arches and you know whenever i tell people that aren't from london that i'm from stanmore that if they know anything at all they'll say oh yeah i went to the orthopedic hospital there when my back gave way well in, um, in future times though we'll say i went to the ollie man theme park yes indeed yeah uh, but um 
there is no announcement at Samuel Station to alight there for the Royal mm. National Orthopaedic Hospital. But I think the reason is you need to get a cab that costs a tenner yeah. to get there from there. Yeah. So, so I, my guess is it needs to be thing. exactly walking distance from the station to make it announceable. Yes. Yeah. I, I do think there is a third category, though. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's there's tourist destinations, there's hospitals. I think there's a third category which I suspect sometimes money changes hands. Um, because this whole Emirates airline thing that's the cable car right that goes from somewhere you don't want to go in Greenwich to somewhere else you don't want to go in Greenwich that is called the Emirates airline because it's sponsored by Emirates well the O2 is called sure O2 but it seems to me the whole thing almost was done so they can put on the tube map Emirates airline and have an announcement saying Emirates on the tube so I think there is a category of things where you can buy your way into an announcement if you're clever right conspiracy man and that is what they want in the future they want Welcome to the Piccadilly line sponsored by Burger King or whatever. Oh, really? Is that yeah. the way it's going? Try and fund the tube, yeah. It'd be more sensible if Burger King sponsored uh, the stretch of um, tube where it's the confluence of um, Circle, Metropolitan and Hammersmith and City Lines because that looks a bit like a burger. Yeah. So it's maroon, oh. maroon for the burger, yellow for the cheese and pink for the bacon. Also represents the fluctuating intestinal reaction that you'd get from eating it whilst and, on the tube. And what your arteries look like. Here's a question from Helen in Oxford who says, Helen, answer me, this who is the woman on the starbucks logo is she the queen of starbucks because <laughs> it is a uh, monarchy governed country <laughs> uh, she seems to be wearing a crown i always assumed this was liberty i was assuming really? this was the lady off the statue of liberty oh i'm afraid you're wrong oh, that's interesting green like on the money and with a crown like liberty yeah but different and iconic style. and american helen continues does she have claws instead of hands no or are those just very long sleeves also i don't know no. what they're talking about what sleeves there, on? there are things that it looks like she's got stripy lobster claws coming up from around the sides of her heads does it but i'll get to that she says uh i can't see either of those things helping claws and crowns if you're trying to make someone a latte. I think you are misinterpreting what most corporate logos are really about. Yeah, they don't say our staff look like this, do they? Yeah. I, thought, I assumed it was a mermaid. Yeah, correct, Martin. It is a siren. So who's Starbuck? Is that well, That's from a seafaring voyage novel, is it? Well, they, they wanted um, a lot of uh, sea references because Seattle, of course, is uh, oh, on the Puget Sound. Clues and, in the name. So. And so they were looking in 1971 when they were founding Starbucks. They were reading a lot of seafaring books and they wanted to reflect the seafaring history of coffee as well and then they saw a woodcut of a twin-tailed mermaid or siren so those things that look like claws are actually her two tails oh right so i suppose then you could have a mermaid with a crotch which is a lot of people's dream isn't it (laughs) the exciting thing about the original 70s iteration of this logo uh was that um she had a whammers out Oh, really? see? Yeah, wow. definitely. I mean, try not to get overstimulated. Whoa. So she's like got tails akimbo, and then you can see her boobs. But because the signs were so big, it just meant people were confronted with enormous mermaid boobs. But she looks sad. She looks like the day after the night before and her yes. makeup's running and she's got a terrible hangover. They changed the logo a bit so that her hair was covering up her boobs. Oh, it's Moby Dick. I thought it was a character from literature. I couldn't Who's remember Moby Dick? Starbuck is a character from Moby Dick. Uh, that's, that's what the... Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? How Martin just has his own episode rolling in his head whilst we're recording. <laughs> I've been reading the Moby Dick and I haven't got to the point where they turn up with a cup of coffee. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. What that about passage. cake pops? Are there cake pops in Moby Dick? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to get the key to the toilet off the baristas? <laughs> Before you can go on the ship. Well, that's what the great struggle in uh, Moby Dick is about, trying to get hold of the key. Five Star Hotel. It had an omelette station, a multitude of pools, but 30 quid for parking, WTF. Four Star Hotel. There's Ethernet, not Wi Fi like it's 1998, but there was a swim up bar in the rooftop pool. 
star hotel A bit more down to earth They did still have a pool But it was full of kids Two star hotel A lot more down to earth They also had a pool But it was full of dogs One star hotel There's a body in the pool Answer me this holiday. All the fun of travelling with none of the stinky toilets or frightening food. Out now at answermethispodcast.com slash albums. Here's a question from Tim who says, I was always under the assumption that Buddha... That's right. It's a question about Buddha. The big B. I was always under the assumption that Buddha was a Hindu prince called Siddhartha from way ages ago, like. Yep. Why I? 6th century BC, way A. (laughs) He then gave up, continues Tim, all of his possessions and led a meditative life. Yes. Like Russell Brand. So, Helen, answer me this. Just like Russell Brand. Why do some of the statues of Buddha portray him as a chubby funster? I think that is fair. Mm. And others suggest he is thin. I've never seen one of Buddha looking thin. Um, surely they should all be thin. Maybe Buddha's just got a slow metabolism, all right. Yeah, he could have had some kind of organ failure. He it, spends a lot of time sitting. He does. Sedentary lifestyle is fatal now, isn't it? You should don't have got see, a standing desk. You, you don't see many <laughs> fat monks who have really dedicated their life to being a monk, though, do you? I don't see many monks at all. That's true. I don't either. You're right. I'm yeah. going on stereotypes. Here's the thing. Fat Buddha is actually a Chinese depiction of the 10th century eccentric monk Budai, who uh, is usually pictured with a sack full of sweets that he'd give to children, and he had the power of being able to predict the weather. So it is like Santa and a weather girl. Um, He is often confused with Prince and Sage Siddhartha Gautama, who sat under a tree and became enlightened and was ascetic, so that's why he isn't considered to be very fat. So the whole thing is an elaborate confusion. Exactly. Like, Like the two Harrison Ford stars. The Siddhartha Buddha is the Buddha... Whereas Budai, Fat Buddha, is a Buddha because there are actually lots of Buddhas. Because Buddha means enlightened. So, Stop saying Buddha. Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. <laughs> Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. But people rob Fat Buddha's belly for luck because uh, the depicting him as fat was um, is thought to bring good luck and prosperity. So I'm it was kind of an this, honorific Helen. thing. I think this is a deception. It's interesting when you just explain it, but clearly there are many people who are literally praying to Buddha. And rubbing the the belly of the wrong Buddha, yeah. Yeah, well, then they should uh, be a bit more academic before they pursue a religion they don't know about. Presumably, although Buddhism isn't very theistic, it comes from a kind of avatar-based religion. That's true. Like Hinduism, where where God is manifested in various forms. So the idea that you... So God was present in Buddha as well as Buddha. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, It's still praying to the same God. Yeah, the different manifestations of the same God. Well, they're all enlightened monks, right? If he gave away all his sweets, why was he so fat? Maybe he didn't give them all away. I bet yeah. he didn't. He just, he he just gave away himself. the ones that he didn't like, like the coconut creams. Yeah. But why is it the case that people have confused Fat Buddha and Thin Buddha? Is it because they like the depiction of Fat Buddha more because he looks more cheerful than stern Thin Buddha sitting under a tree thinking thoughts? Same as with Fern Britain, as previously discussed. Yes. Everyone prefers Fat Buddha. You know, <laughs> no one's interested when he's lost the weight. I, I don't see why comparing Fern Britain to Buddha. Because Fern Britain is still a very talented TV presenter, and yet she's not a media personality anymore, really. Like Buddha. Like Buddha. Because of her gastric bypass, Martin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If Buddha had a gastric bypass, I reckon suddenly people wouldn't want the statues in their bathrooms What I'm anymore. saying is if, if Thin Buddha had a daytime chat show on Channel 4, it would be unsuccessful. What I am quite perplexed about is the spread of Buddha statues as kind of casual home decor to the yes. extent you get like mm. fluorescent yellow flock Buddhas yes and put them in your toilet and stuff yes. as well 
Uh, or it doesn't make you look spiritual. It just makes you look shallow, I think. How are you doing? This is Alistair from Glasgow. Uh, Helen Ollie, I wonder if you can answer me this. What's the point of a bed? And why don't we just use a mattress on the floor? Is there any benefit? Does it make it comfier or something? Or is it just a habit now? Some countries do just uh, have mattresses on the floor, or not even a mattress. Like Japanese futons quite often. Are they actually touching the floor? There's no gap yeah. underneath. Yeah, but then the, also um, in Japan, it's very common not to wear your outside shoes in the house, so you wouldn't get dirt in the bed, which you might hear you know, filthing around if you had a mattress on the floor. I mean, in Europe, I imagine it's partly to do with the fact... I mean, it's cold at night. Yes, and so the ground is colder the than is cold. suspending the bed higher. And there are a lot of rodents around in cities yes. and big conurbations. And, you know, I know mice can climb, but they're less likely to do that. They're yeah. more likely to run underneath you. And when you're not just sleeping, but also sexing in the bed, it's not yeah. very nice to do so mm. with a rat. Those are my I'll, reasons. I'll, I'll take it from you that yeah. it's not nice to do it with rats. <laughs> um, no, those are very good reasons, Ollie, because uh, if you raise the bed, you're out of the way of drafts and... Uh, and pests because also mattresses used to be made of things like straw and you did not mm. want little beasts to be living in the straw would you the, the ground is cold the air circulation keeps your mattress from being damp uh, it's easier to get out of a bed that is elevated you know, if you've got creaky joints yes and you can put things under the bed for storage which is practical so I think there are lots of compelling reasons for beds. And also there's probably something as well in, in the slight give you get when your mattress is on a bed base rather than on the floor. Nonetheless, was there a time, I wonder, where people tried sleeping sitting down? Like, it, it's probably. just a given that we lie down. If you're an astronaut, you sort of sleep sort of standing up in a ham- ham- hammock, don't you? But I guess you don't have gravity, so the rules are different. A lot of things are different when you're an astronaut. Washing your hair, going to the toilet, very yeah, different. Yeah. I read an interesting fact about the first waterbed. Which, uh, when do you think that was from? The first waterbed. Okay, well, look, if we were doing the history of waterbeds as a question, yeah. I'd imagine the answer would be 1950-something. But yeah. the way you're saying yeah. it, I imagine it's probably the Romans or something. 1782. The first waterbeds that they know of were from Persia more than 3,600 years ago. Yeah. They were goat skins filled with water. That's, that, is, <laughs> that is amazing. I don't even know how you'd fill a goat skin with water without but, some of it seeping out. But the point is, they didn't have the goat skin filled with water to be kitsch like Winona Ryder and Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> they had it because... It was a way of creating a firm texture from materials that they had. That's amazing. Like, 1,600 years before the birth of Christ, like, there were these guys hanging out with water beds. That's pretty amazing. And because uh, they're already made of fur, they still had that, like, 70s sleazy uh, yeah. angle to them. And on that note, it is surely time to wrap up proceedings for this episode of Answer Me This. Can't argue with that note. Um, <laughs> thank you, bell. as ever, for all your questions and correspondence. If you would like to send us more for the next episode, without it, we will not have one. Then direct it to the contact details on our website. Answermethispodcast.com We also have links on there to our Facebook and our Twitter and our store where you can support the show by buying classic episodes and our albums and our apps. But the fun doesn't stop at the weekends, not anymore, because remember, you can hear my new LBC show on Friday and Saturday nights. Friday from 8 till 10, Saturday from 6.30 till 10pm. And you can be in bed by midnight, Ollie. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm taking over from friend of the podcast, Ian Collins. Yay. So I think I might grow a quiff in a suit just so that I can do it properly. Every time I see Ian Collins, his hair is more and more brilliant. I know. It's a strong act to follow. <laughs> it, is, it is. Good luck. And I should say as well, it, LBC used to be just a London station. Some people still think it is. It isn't. If you live anywhere in the UK, it's on DAB and it's on Freeview, so listen. But also, if you live in the world, it's online. Well, it's on the internet, yeah, but everything's yeah, no on the bother. internet, isn't it? I mean, you know, turtle porn is on the internet. Is it? Probably. Oh, no. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye.